It is November the 4th, the day after the 2020 election. Here we are, still standing. What are you going to do next? Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. So here we are. It's Wednesday, November the 4th, and we, uh, as I'm recording this this morning, uh, it's at 9.28 a.m. on Wednesday. As I'm recording it this morning, we are, uh, the country is still waiting to find out who our next president will be. Um, strange, right? And I, I watched something this morning that said uh, that uh, there's one or two states that we won't know what their final counts are until tomorrow. So uh, it'll be an interesting day. Uh, I personally decided, made a choice, uh, my husband and I, to uh, not watch election coverage uh, last night. Uh, instead, we uh, binged watch one of our favorite shows on Netflix that brings us a lot of joy uh, and makes us laugh and um, just helps us to focus on something else. Um, and today will be more of the same, uh, maybe not binging because there's work to be done, but there will certainly not be, uh, TV watching, but we'll see, uh, what will happen, uh, and, uh, who will, uh, occupy, uh, the seat of president going forward. So that's where we are today, uh, on November the 4th at now 9.29 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, not yet confirmed who our president will be. And so uh, I have been thinking about this and I figured I'd share this with you today. And that is uh, what to do next. What do you do next uh, after an election? What do you do next after uh, an election uh, this year in particular? I mean, every, every election is important. Uh, every, uh, every time we vote, it's important. The outcomes of every vote are important over the years. Um, presidents keep changing, leaders keep changing. Um, and so for us individually, uh, and in our communities, in our, uh, cities, in our cul-de-sacs, um, we have to make the decision on what we will do next and not only what we will do next, but what we will continue to do. And hopefully those things that we will choose to continue to do will be good. Now, I know that's a loaded word because I think uh, depending on uh, the types of lives we live and our experience in the world, our definition of good uh, can be all over the place. But anything that leads us closer to one another, anything that leads us toward good deeds, uh, anything that leads us towards more understanding, more care, more kindness, uh, more uh uh, more connection. For me, those are the things 
that I can call good. So I was thinking today about what are the things that we can do next. Well, let me share a couple of stories with you. First, uh, this morning I uh, called my grandmother and for some reason, it, it seems to me that my track record has been after most elections, I call my grandmother. I don't know why that is. Um, I remember uh, several years back uh, after Barack Obama was elected that uh, I called my grandmother. And I, what I do remember is calling her because at that time it was very historic that we had had uh, any other person from another people group other than white American. And that was historic. And for my grandmother, I remember wanting to call her. Uh, she's in her 90s. And I wanted to call her and find out from her how she was feeling about it and, and what her experience was. Because my grandmother has lived a very different life than I have. Uh, many of us who are not even close to our 90s, uh, we, the, the people in their 90s have lived a very different life than we have. And so I usually call my grandmother, her name is Elaine, for perspective all the time. And I remember how thrilled and happy she was um, back when Barack Obama had been elected. Uh, I called her this morning. And one of the things that I, uh, I asked her, as I said, you know, Nana, I said, you have lived through um, lots of different presidents. Uh, you have lived through lots of different administration and ways of the world. You know, my grandmother uh, lived through segregation. My, my grandmother remembers the day that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I mean, my, my grandmother has seen so much more of life uh, than I have, uh, probably than most of uh, those of you that are listening have. And one of the things that I have uh, recognized about my grandmother is that as things have changed in the world, as things have gotten easier, as things have gotten harder, um, one thing has remained that she has been steady uh, as a person. And what I mean by that is like steady just as a human being, but also steady in her determination to do everything uh, that she could, as far as it depended on her, to live a life of grace, to live a life of kindness, to live a life of peace, to live a life that would build uh, better and good for her own family and for us. And we were the beneficiaries of that. And so, you know, I asked her today, uh, I said, Nana, I have seen you just be so steady over your entire life um, as things have changed. What is the secret? And I'm just going to tell you what she told me. And she said, uh, prayer. She said, and trusting that uh, the Lord will make a way. And, um, I, what I heard in her voice was way more than just, you know, this sentiment of, you know, let go and let God, uh, or, you know, it's sort of things that you see on bumper stickers or things that you see in, uh, you know, uh, on a meme somewhere or something like that. But it was a, a sound in her voice of, of depth. It was a sound of her voice. Uh, of someone who uh, has lived this, who has known what it's like to put her trust in, in someone and something other than 
the external factors that we can see, the voting system in America, the, um, the, the e evil things that are happening just in the world in general. Um, she is a woman who has lived this. One of my favorite insights uh, that has come to me this year is the idea that uh, if we want to overcome fear uh, in general, that one of the ways to overcome fear is to study courage, uh, to study others who have uh, overcome in the face of fear, to study our own lives and look at the places where uh, we have uh, moved through fear before. And I would say the same thing now, learning from uh, my grandmother in her 90s is that, you know, if if what we are feeling at, at any point uh, is unsteady um, or we have put our trust in uh, any kind of external system uh, and to some degree we need to be able to do that but um, hopefully you get the, the heart of what I'm saying and that is to study people who are steady <laughs> um, to also double down into the core of what it is that you and I believe uh, for those of us that know God and would call ourselves followers uh, and people of faith, uh, that could be uh, studying and doubling down on what are the characteristics of someone who claims to have a, a faith in God, to have a faith in Jesus. Um, for others of us, if that's not where we are right now, to double down into what are the core beliefs that I have that lead me towards more kindness, more goodness, more faith, uh, more understanding, more centeredness? Uh, what beauty can I bring into the world? What sense of steady and calm can I bring into the world and into my own communities and the people that I influence today, um, uh, given where we are? So that's the first story I wanted to share with you. The second story I wanted to share with you is um, uh, a story about my family, uh, again, about my family, I guess. Um, so my mother passed away when I was 22. And uh, it's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with in my life so far. Um, and certainly had, has left, um, had left a wound in my life, uh, a big hole, if you will. And that's uh, talk about more more about that in a podcast for another day um, of some of those effects. But what I do remember is uh, the day that my mother passed away. Um, and my mother and I were very close. Uh, but the day that my mother passed away, I remember being at uh, my family's house and uh, just sort of sitting in the living room. And it's, it's really amazing, actually, what you can remember uh, things that really mark you. And I remember sitting uh, at my stepfather's house and I remember it was a blue couch and I was uh, sitting in the middle of it and my husband at the time, we had only been married about six months, uh, was sitting next to me. And uh, I got a knock on the door and uh, went over to open the door and there were about seven of my closest friends standing at the door and they had decided together that they were all uh, gonna come together and show up at my house. And uh, the thing about it is, is that I didn't ask them to do it. Um, I didn't make any calls. I didn't send any emails. Well, there's no email at that time, but I didn't do any of that. Um, and I didn't even know, honestly, that I needed it. 
But what they did is they showed up and they came in the door and there were hugs and laughs and kisses um, and they sat. And my friends sat in my parents' tiny little living room with me and just sat. And honestly, most of the time it was silent. And then, you know, maybe somebody would start to cry um, and then we would all cry. And then there was silence and then maybe somebody would start to tell a story about my mom and then somebody would share something else and then we would laugh. Um, and then I would communicate about something or somebody would say, what do you need or whatever. But the, the, the idea that my friends would just show up and be present, that my friends would show up and just sit with me was a very powerful uh, mark on me. And Today, the day after the election, even as I think about uh, my own response uh, to what I will do going forward is uh, that is one thing that you and I can do is we can just be present with people. Um, I've mentioned many times that the way in my opinion, the way that we have been communicating with one another in our country here in the United States, um, that uh, the, the, the meaner that we get with one another, uh, we are practicing away what it means to be human, how we have been designed. And for those of us that are, are people of faith or people of high morals or high standards, whatever uh, is true for you, for those of us that have declared that, um, that we don't want to practice a way how to be our best selves. Uh, I know for me, uh, I want to continue to practice each day and lean in each day to the best of who I can be. Uh, this is part of, in my book, uh, Life Whispers, the, one of the opening chapters is about who are you becoming? Because when things keep changing in the world, just like my grandmother Elaine, we have to remain steady. We have to remain steady internally based on who is the person that we want to become so that we don't lean into some sort of weird default future. Uh, we don't lean into some weird default life based on um, uh, ways of the world that would not lead us into anything that is good and kind and right and true. Uh, we must connect to the core of who we are. We must connect to uh, the best and most beautiful parts of who we are. Many of you, particularly if you're listening to this podcast, I believe that many of you um, are doing that on a regular basis. And so my message to you today would be to stay the course, uh, lean in, double down even more on how good and kind and awesome and noble you can be. Double down on the practice of loving other people, understanding other people, seeing other people and not feeling threatened um, yourself by somebody who uh, believes differently than you are, but equip yourself with tools on how to engage and understand. That would be my message to you. So what what's the next step? What's the next thing that we do after the election? Double down on continuing to do what is good and right and true. Uh, connect to that core of who you are. As I've mentioned, uh, I'm a person of faith and 
there's this really beautiful sentiment that is found in one of the books of the Bible, in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and it is in chapter 10, verse, uh, let's see, verse 24. And this is what it says. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let me read that again. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love that passage because um, I love the idea of, you know, if you're going to spend five minutes today or if you're going to spend 20 minutes today doing something, a great use of your time and my time could be to think of ways to motivate the people around you towards love and good deeds, to literally get a list out, uh, take out your journal, take out a piece of paper, speak into your phone, grab a flip chart, write on a whiteboard, and spend time today, spend your energy today thinking of ways to motivate the people around you towards more love, more joy, more peace, more goodness, and may that be our place of steady. May that be our place of rock so that as things are churning and turning around us, that we might be the people who are the ones that people could run to, uh, the ones that people could come to at any point and say, if there was any place that I know that I could find the motivation, uh, the will, the reminder to move towards love and good deeds. It would be you and it would be me. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.